Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to this week's edition of Blue Soccer again. John, Dave and myself are going to look back over Leinster's epic victory against Connacht last weekend. All the other Rainbow Cup action, of course, look forward to our game against Ulster on Friday night. So, gents, uh, that was a bit of a topsy-turvy game. Um, 16-0 down after about 16 minutes. And then suddenly we were up after 22 minutes or 23 minutes. And then we ran out fairly comfortably in the end, 50 points to 21. It's, it's yeah. funny. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. After you, age before beauty. Okay, well, all I was going to say was that it's it's a measure of how I have kind of switched off on the season at this stage that I didn't even see the Monster game. I saw the score and I asked you guys, was it a good game? And you said no, so I said, right, I won't bother looking at it. So, <laughs> and I actually missed the first 15 minutes of our game, which is probably a good thing. By the sound of it. <laughs> um, so, you know, that has probably not happened in a very long time. Imagine if you just watched the first 15 minutes and said, fuck this, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. I'd say it must be 15 years since I've missed, uh, you know, a, a length, the start of a Leicester game like that with an amazingly good excuse. Uh, and I didn't have an amazingly good excuse. But anyway, onto the game itself. We really came back and, uh, and, and gave him a good scene too, uh, but in in an odd way, like we we turned into Exeter, we turned into Jason's favorite team, and just started going at them and mauling the bass, mauling the, the them to bits. So uh, yeah, it was a very odd kind of a game. Uh, yes, you you would have said there was a bit of as soon as we lost to them in our, in our last game, last outing, uh, you would have said there was a bit of spice in the game, um, but. Uh, there, there was certainly spice at the beginning from by all accounts from from Connacht, and then they faded rather quickly. But what do we? Why do we reckon they they lost the run of themselves so early on? Got a nosebleed from scoring. I, I, th- I think it's more the fact that we found the run of ourselves. Mm. Um, we started off. I mean, okay, the first the, the second try was ridiculous. I mean, it was it was a silly try to give away. I mean, it was unfor- I mean, it was an, an intercept and all that. So it was what it was. But um, we, 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 we were soaking tackles. We weren't imposing ourselves. And then we started imposing ourselves. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like the Exeter game. We just, a, a, swip, a switch clicked. Um, I thought Frawley was very good uh, in that first period. Um, delayed that pass. That little delay, that little oh, double pump on the pass was a thing of beauty. Um, Keenan played very well. And then after that first mall try, we realized, Jesus, lads, we have these boys on toast. Um, let's just get into their, let's just, actually, we didn't even have to get into their 22. Let's get around their 22 and get some line outs. And then we just, that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Which was actually quite disappointing if you think about it, because, you know, Connacht had some guys that are quite highly rated in the pack. Um, And, you know, Jason's third favourite player in, um, in Finley Bealham. (laughs) Um, 
Well, I mean, their, their, their front five would have been quite highly rated and it was taken apart. Absolutely taken apart. Uh, it, 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 there's going to be, they're going to have to have some hard looks at themselves, particularly when the guy that they've kind of looked to, to, to seal that up is, is off in Quinn Rue. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, obviously, they, they didn't have to land there. But, you know, Thornbury, who's a guy who's, who's attracted a lot of column inches and a lot of praise this year, um, wasn't, wasn't mapped at all in the game. Um, and our back row just were just far, far, too, far more dominant. We could even afford, well, I don't know if Ford came into it, we could certainly afford to be careful with uh, Jack Conan. I think he went off for HIA. He went off for HIA, yeah. But I, 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 from what I heard, he passed it, but they decided not to risk him. Yeah, um, and, and it was interesting. And, that and, they, but we had Josh. Sorry, just to finish that, we had yeah. Josh Vanderfleer on the bench, and we were able to shift Scott Penny to number eight. Yeah, like they took him off early enough. They took him off after twenty-four minutes, so I'm not mm. sure. Like we kind of got our foot back into the game. I think it was nineteen sixteen or something at that point. So mm. do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. We hadn't walked away with the game when he got injured, but thankfully, anyway, he's okay. Because it'd be terrible to see him. You know, miss out on his uh, mm. on his line store. Line store. Yeah, but like I was always interested that they took off uh, Ross Byrne after fifty minutes, fifty five minutes. You know, and Ringrose was ended up shifted into ten. I don't know whether Ross was injured or whether it was a precautionary thing because Frawley was gone. We know Sexton's gone. Harry Byrne is out with a hammer. You know what I mean? So if they've got to play the rest of this tournament, they're probably saying, "Well, we've won the game at that point. After fifty five minutes, we've kind of won the game." What's the point in risking our only fit or our, our, one of our top, our only top of the top four out halves? Obviously, they still have Hawkshaw, but he's fifth choice. So, you know, maybe they just took him off as a precaution. I, I, I certainly think so. I mean, I think he, I, from what I can make out watching him, he certainly hasn't been comfortable on that leg for a while. He wasn't um, kicking either. Sure, he wasn't. No. Uh, no, he was initially, but um, we see, we saw it in the Exeter game as well. Some of his his, his gait did not look comfortable. Mm. But as you say, it, the opportunity arose to take him off early, so they took him off early. Plus, you know, not necessarily. I, I mean, I, I, normally I'm not a big fan of switching players into positions just to see how they do. But I would have been interested to see uh, Ring Rose at ten. Yeah, I, I don't. I just I didn't think that that's what happened there. I I just thought that. They... Oh no, no, I don't. I, I think they took. I think they took Burn off to protect him. Mm. But I'm saying I was interested to see Ring Rose at 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, one lad, like we you mentioned him there, was was um, Keenan. Like to, he scored a hat trick, and he said he'd only mm. scored one one other try for Leinster. So, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you might as well come back with a bang there. Um, like I say, he must have felt slightly disappointed because. He featured in all of Ireland's games since the return after the um, return to play last September. And, you know, he, he played fairly well for Ireland. Mm. And obviously he's played in, a, in played in say, playing for, for Leinster. He's got to this win in the league and getting to the semi-final of Europe. I'm sure he might have been a little bit disappointed that he wasn't included in, on that tour. And I'm sure he'd be one of the first names on the reserve list. If they need somebody to, to fly I, out. No, I'm not sure he's been around long enough for the likes of Gatlin to be. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Taking him as red, you know. I mean, and he's, he's not Scottish either. <laughs> and, you know, there, no... are, the, there are few, so few. There are few enough um, guys who make alliance tour straight out the bat on the first season. Um, few enough. I mean, you can probably 
there's a handful that you can remember, but that's about it. So I, I, I'd say the tour probably came a bit too. The tour came too early for him and too late for James Ryan. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, fair enough. And too early for the likes of Ronan Keller and, you know. Yeah. If there was, if Warren Gatland was the Irish coach for the last five years, he might have got it. Either of them might have had a shot because he would have seen them up close and personal and would have known what they, they had to offer. I mean, I think Hugo Keenan is an absolutely great player. Um, he has that understated ability. Like, he's not really the same kind of player as Kevin Dempsey, but he's... He's um, he does everything so well. Like I, you know, I suppose you you should expect that from any player at a professional level. But he just seems to be so assured Competent. to play and so yeah, everything about it, he never seems to. And I do think he, I do, I do think he could have uh, cooled his jets a bit when he was rushing out for that last kind of try. Yeah, well, at that stage, you know, he probably lost a bit of concentration. But yeah, look, he's not perfect, but I, know, I mean, he's very, very. Like we say, it's his first year. He's mm. very assured in. He does. Know, he makes. He, he makes no clangers. You know, you often see players, <laughs> and they like. I've rarely seen him let the ball bounce, and that, I do think that's a very good sign of a, of, of a fullback back. who's got great positional sense that they know mm. exactly where the ball's going to fly to. Yeah, no, I, I'm, very, I'm very happy with him. Very happy with his progression this year. He's been one of the success stories of the season. And yeah. his handling, yeah. is, the way he gets through players as well. Like he's, he's not. He doesn't look like a guy who's a naturally gifted athlete. In you know, in world rugby terms, he doesn't look like he's a. He's, he's, he's very. He's very cultish. Exactly. Yeah. He's. He's. Uh, he just has that. A commitment and B. Uh, I suppose attention to detail. Is it? I can't. Can't quite define what he has. He but. takes he, he takes great lines. Yeah. So he does. He takes lines that guarantee that give him a chance. Like I say, maybe he's not if, if, when he's up against you know what we'll say are uh, superior physical specimens. The lines he take get, takes give him the edge against them. Yeah, is the Franz Beckenbauer approach? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the fastest from A to B, but I never started A. Mm. <laughs> I'd, I wish we could get the ball into his hands more frequently because I think he just always seems to make yards whenever we do get the ball, yeah. whether it's for Ireland or Leinster. But I just don't think well, I think, I, I think if, enough. If, if you think back to over the same with the last year, year and a bit since he's been playing, I think you'll find that most of his, re, like his, his, his most eye-catching performances have come with Frawley at centre. Um, with, that, with that second distributor slightly further out. Um, he, he really takes advantage of that like the try we saw against Connacht at the weekend was a classic example of him running off the second receiver yeah yeah um, Dempsey used to do that a lot as well coming into, lot, yeah. coming into the yeah. line uh, the way he did at the right place at the right time again positional not starting mm-hmm. from A knowing where to be knowing where the ball is going to be not just in defence but in attack as well uh, Garvin Dempsey got on a lot the end of a lot of tries for Ireland or was involved, you know, coming running into the line from fullback. Uh, and he wasn't the fastest guy. Actually, Hugo Keenan is quite fast, but Garvin Dempsey wasn't the fastest guy on the planet. Garvin will shift. Mm-hmm. Take, yeah, take, take he, a look at him. He, he had Dennis Hickey beside him to compare him yeah, again. Yeah. He's not going to flatter anyone. Garv could shift. Yeah. We haven't made up a song about him yet, so he still has a bit to go. Yeah. 
or a t-shirt, Dave? Well, that's not my just job. <laughs> I'm just a. I'm just, just, a, I, I, I'm just a worker a bee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Humble monk. So, like, I mean, but like that—that that result shouldn't really have been in doubt when you think that there was say five starters. There was three. Sorry, there was five starters in the match that played in the European <laughs> Cup semi. There was three that were on the bench started, and then there was a rake of them that were on the bench that had played or started in the, the previous week against La Rochelle. Like we, we put out a very strong team and I was quite surprised. I thought we were going to go nearly full rotation and play squad members, you know, and give everyone a, a chance at the end of the season. But they've actually, the, the management seemed to be taken, certainly under selection from the selection point of view, taking the tournament reasonably serious. She might as well. There's nothing else left now that you've lost the La Rochelle. Yeah, I know. But like you, you, think they might say, well, look, we've been playing co- pretty consistently since September. You know what I mean? Like most most leagues are kind of finishing in May anyway. We're going to go on until middle of June. The lines are going on until August, I think. Like, no, August. August. Yeah, August, August yeah. like. And then they're back again in, in uh, presumably September, October. I, 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 I think that that what we'll see is because the, the, the guys did have a, a certain amount of layoffs during the season in fairness for various reasons um, I think what we'll see is I think for the remain certainly for the for the Ulster game as well uh, maybe for the Glasgow game we'll see a, a, re, a, a continuation of this uh, blended rotation policy can we call it that that we saw for the Connacht game yeah, but they were all first teamers, Dave. Is what I'm trying to say. There was no, oh, yeah. there was yeah. no kind of young academy guys. Like if you go through the team, uh, Dooley, Tracy, Porter. Oh yeah, I, I understand. Aloni, Fardy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, we played yeah. pretty much. If we have a squad of say 30 first teamers, that's where that's the pool that they came from. They didn't go down to the 20 or 20 or 30 below that. These were all guys that would be in the of the depth chart of the, you know but from the, one the to thirty. The other thing to remember is that these guys. We, we, we'll taking out the the guys who are off to the lines and the Irish, if you like, first 15 guys. Um, there is a summer program for the national team, and players have to be kept ready for that as well, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned earlier about Quinn Roo. Quinn Roo's obviously was offered a contract by Connex, but uh, oh, like declined it, and he wants to go off somewhere in France. Yeah, I think so, like, my, my thinking is like I like Quinn Rue a lot. I think he's a really good player. I think he's the only player of his type really in Irish rugby. Um, so, and, and I think he's I, I think it's a quiver you should always have in your arrow, or a quiver you should or an arrow you should always have in your quiver. Jesus, I'm turning to Bertie Hearn here. I think it's a, an arrow you should always have in your quiver. But if he's not going to be getting Irish caps and he's going to get more money abroad and he's thirty and he has to start looking, you know what what's he going to do when he's thirty four? Don't blame him. I mean, he's had he's been here nine years. He's won a Grand Slam, a Challenge mm. Cup, and a couple of Pro 14s. That's pretty good going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was well. That's he was well. He was well liked. He was well liked in Connacht. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard well him on. A, Joe Schmidt was a big fan. Yeah, I heard him on a, a podcast there maybe about six months ago, around Christmas, and he came across as a very genuine, down to earth guy, mm. and he was I talking about. His parents, um, I think they were, his parents were brought over, um, you know, just to sort of as a, a surprise for him or something like that. I think Connacht did something like that for him for his 100th, I think it was his 100th appearance for them. Um, 
yeah, it was kind of a nice touch. But uh, yeah, so it's sort of a sad scene goal. Like he obviously came to Leinster first when he first came over and he only lasted a couple of seasons. And I think Matt O'Connor uh, didn't fancy him and he sent him down to Connacht. I think he stayed up, stayed, stayed down there um, like a few other guys. I think um, mm. Cooney did that, something similar as well. Um, the impeccable judgment of Matt O'Connor strikes again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've moved on from him, haven't we? He is a guy I would have kept, uh, Quinru, if if it had been possible. Um, yes. We 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 had Damian Brown, and we never replaced. I suppose Faraday kind of fulfills that role, but we never had that kind of tank. Yeah. No. Anyway, for uh, wish him all the best. Obviously, for the future, I think so. I saw somewhere he might be going to Toulon. It's not a bad place to spend a couple of a couple of years. Anyway. Well, after after delivering that grand slam, um, I think all of them can do whatever they want. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. So just looking at some of the other fixtures, uh, Munster, you mentioned this, uh, John, wasn't a great game. I actually recorded it, went to watch it, fell asleep after a quarter of an hour, woke up on the couch at half three in the morning. And uh, that was the end of my viewing of it. But um, they, Munster seemed to walk away pretty handy winners, 38-10. Um, I didn't see the incident, but I believe Will Addison was definitely deserved his red yeah. card. Oh, yeah, it was a red card, stone bunker. There's no question of it. Um, it was it was a stupid thing to do. Um, possibly a guy who's been out of the game a long time, trying too hard when he comes back, but it was just dumb. Um, and there's a lot of dumb in that Ulster squad. Um, and it's players of, of all different sorts. You'd wonder, is the dumb coming from the top? Yeah, well, we, we, we'll, we'll talk maybe more in depth about Ulster because obviously we're playing them up next in uh, on Friday night. But like they put out a pretty strong side. In fact, mm-hmm. but again, both sides were quite full, you know, like there was a lot of big hitters on, on both on both sides um, selected. And, you know, you, I'm kind of glad because the, the tournament is getting nothing but negative press from every angle. Where, I mean, it's even supporters wouldn't have a big buy in for it. Certainly the media don't. Um, but it's actually good to see them picking fairly strong sides, far stronger sides than you might see in the regular season um, interpros, especially the ones over Christmas. So it's actually good seeing, let's say, somewhere between 10 and 12 of your first liners line yeah. having out. Uh, but like, you know, again, I, I mean, you'd have to look at the names. Like even on the Munster team, like they had Kilcoyne, Scannell, Ryan, Byrne, Mahoney, Coombs, Murray, JJ, Conway, Halley all started. And then you'd see Jay and Delande on the bench. So like, that's a bloody good side. Yeah, uh, no, there, 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 were, there were strong teams and, and Munster were, were much more on it. They were much more clever with how, how they went about it. Um, obviously, the red card had an effect. Um, even, even the 20 minutes of it that it is now, it still had an effect. Um, and Ulster were just dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I will, I will get, we'll get we get we talk more in depth about them when, when we're talking. About, just going through some of the other games. Um, not sure if you saw the Zebra Benetton game. I did. I thought it was a great game. Yeah, it was a very good game. But very entertaining game of rugby. And a hilarious decision. I'm not sure if many people when they when they did the the, the challenge. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
they, they did the captain's challenge and um, I think it was uh, Zebra wanted to challenge a decision. So the referee said, well, actually, the story is now that you deliberately collapsed the ball and it was a penalty try. So they kind of, they actually end up shooting themselves in the foot. They got a player yellow carded. They were awarded a penalty try against them. So there was obviously an automatic seven points rather than just the five <laughs> that they originally challenged for. So it completely went against them, which that was, just be careful what you wish for with those yeah. captain's challenges. It was an entertaining game of rugby with, you know, the the amount the right amount of spite that you'd expect for a local derby, mm-hmm. um, yeah no I, I enjoyed it I have to say. Um, Glasgow another local derby Glasgow Edinburgh was fifty cuffs in that one as well. What do you, what's your views on the twenty minute red card? Well, I kind of like it. Um, it because red cards ruin the game. It's a good thing. Um, but because red cards are in the game justifiably, you know, if somebody has a red, if it's a real red card offence, you know, so I'm not saying it's an unequivocal yes from me to the new rule, but like you do feel a lot, of, especially if the red card happens very early, that it's a huge uh, punishment for the team. And if it's a red card that's kind of borderline, oh, it should have been yellow, or if it's a second yellow that turns into a red. Uh, although that's unlikely to happen too early in a game. Um, it, it really is a big punishment for the team. So to be able to bring a, uh, a, another player on after 20 minutes, it just, maybe they need to have a third card, which is, you know, leave the red card alone and call that thing some other colour card. Dave mm. Cahill's black card plus TM. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Or, 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 or would you be less equivocal if the, instead of 20 minutes it was t- 30 minutes? Yeah, like how far back into the game does it, you know what I mean? 30 minutes, if it happens in the first half, you know, but if it doesn't happen in the first half, there's hardly any point. You know? but we, had, we had a situation in the Cardiff Dragons game, right? That there was the, I think it was the Dragons scrum half was going up the sideline. Cardiff guy came in, high shot with his shoulder to the to the chin, knocks your man it was late, knocks your man into touch, flying. Cardiff lad gets a red card. They'd already had a yellow card. So obviously the yellow card comes back on. But 20 minutes later, the red card comes back on. And then Cardiff back up to their full complement of players in the last minute scored a try to win the game against the Dragons. So, do you know, well, well, like, I'm not saying that that obviously could have still happened if the red card was an, an indefinite red card for the game. But because they were back to their full complement in the last few minutes, it was 15 against 15. And, you know, Cardiff were going for it and they scored that try to win, to win the game. So, like, and, and I think, like, say, it was it was kind of a it was a dirty act. Like, do you remember there was do you remember the Jared Payne incident a number of years ago against Saracens where the, he went up and caught the ball in the air and um who was it? I can't remember. Good. Alex Good. Alex Good came down and landed on landed awkwardly or badly, and uh, Payne got got a record. Like, like that wasn't a malicious piece of play, 
But a guy running over and late tackling somebody and clocking them in the head kind of is. So, yeah. you know, you like there's sort of there's certain times and they say, oh, the players, but like say, for example, Peter O'Mahony won in the, in the Six Nations. I didn't think that was a particularly malicious piece of play. And maybe five years ago, wouldn't have even looked at. Whereas, you know, because of the, the way they, the World Rugby wanted to be refereed, it's a red card and you can't really argue against it. But if there's, or, or, or even, I'm not sure if you saw um, uh, Harlequin's fullback at the weekend, um, oh, what's his name? Brown, uh, Mike Brown. Like Mike Brown stamped on someone's head. So, like, like that, that's, that is a, a deliberate piece of foul play that's a red card in anyone's language. And I don't really think that that's the same as somebody who might, you know, I don't know, like even the, even the Cardiff one, for example, when like he did hit him late, but he hit him with the shoulder to the head. But just kind of, I don't know whether you, whether you like as you said, John, you maybe know, have two, because it could be two, you could get a red card for two separate incidences and they're very different. One is a malicious piece of dirty foul play and one is just the way the rules are interpreted now as opposed to the way they were a few seasons ago. Yeah, it's a perfectly valid point, Jay. Uh, I, I, I couldn't argue with any of that. Um, I, can't, I can't argue with a red card being a permanent player off. I can't argue with a red card bin, you know, the 20-minute thing, for the reasons you've all said and in the cases you've all said. I mean, th- then what it comes down to is you have a situation where we say that there's an extra card. It's up to the referee's interpretation to decide whether it was, uh, we say, foul play or very mm. foul play. Yeah. Uh, and that's and, and that's that's a lot to put on a ref, you know? I mean, okay, in, 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 the one, in, the, in the incidents you gave, for example, the Jared Payne one, Versus, we'll say the the Mike Brown one. That's easy. That's those are the two kind of extremes, if you like. The red card that's just more orange than red, whereas the red card that's flaming scarlet. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 truth is that in the vast majority of get of decisions around red cards, red and yellow cards, or sorry, yellow to red cards and red cards aren't actually that clear cut. That's the problem. That there's yeah. a lot of but, but, but for there is, all the gray is, cards, there's a lot of gray areas. But, but it the, like it is by sort of committee now because you've got the two touch judges, the referee, and the TMO all kind of coming together, viewing the incident, and then they're very um methodical in how they go through it. You know what I mean? Because there's obviously there seems to be far more red cards now than there used to be, because they obviously want to clamp down on the high tackle. But they do seem to go through it and say, well, let's have a look at all the angles. Was their intent, you know, rather than well, somebody advantage. just getting a rush of blood. So it just the big, rather, the than, rather than a referee yeah. just getting a rush of blood to the head and flashing the card. Well, they do have the uh, framework, uh, particularly for high tackles, which they can, which is a step-by-step process. You know, you'll often mm-hmm. hear them say, um, was it was it high? Yes, it was. Then was there mitigation? Was there a drop in height? Blah blah blah. All in, and that's literally like if you if you ever have it open in front of you when one of these things is happening, you can actually see yeah. the guy go through. And that's in a way that's a good thing because the ref knows exactly where he stands and he knows um, that this is what he has to do or what World Rugby want him to do in every single circumstance. My big fear is that the 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 red card, the twenty minute red card, would encourage more red cards. Yeah, it could possibly happen. Yeah. 
because the, 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 there isn't the same uh, consequence. And by, by encouraging more red cards, I'm not saying the players will, will be, well, players may well, the two sides of it are players may well be less engaged with the safety of other players and refs may be less concerned about giving them. Yeah, but I don't. I I don't think the players go out to purposely. Oh no, they don't. No, no. But sometimes you see players that they are. Sometimes the players are rec- Sometimes players are reckless yeah. as to the safety but, of other players. But you do hear not deliberately talking about, but, about but you do hear players giving out to other players for getting a yellow card, and if they have to play for fourteen men for, you know, ten more minutes then you know what I mean like it's it's not that it's kind of a oh, slap on the back here listen that was a nice bit of dirty play you did there it was well worth the 10 minutes like the players don't think of it like that Jason they, you've played against Baron Hall you know that that's what they mm-hmm. do the worst one was the guards <laughs> the, I played against the guards and that was the dirtiest match I've ever played in uh, yeah so just go look I suppose it's good to see it's been trialed um, you know but uh, the South Africans do not like the captain's challenge a number of journalists this weekend or this yesterday and today in South African newspapers have complained about the captain's challenge. They just don't like it. They think it's stupid. Hmm. Well, I suppose it's how you use it. I mean, like Luke McGrath, I thought, wasted his. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the, well, the referee gave the referee gave Connacht the try. Now, maybe he was trying to stem the, the tide. At that stage, we had just gone 16-0 down. You know, we were been kind of overrun after the first quarter of an hour, and maybe he just wanted a tr- hope against hope that to, to put his finger in the dike sort of thing. But, um, like the referee was standing right beside it, like he it was him that made the decision right. because he called it on the pitch. It just seemed, uh, and then when, when it went on slow mo and the ref talked through it, it was obviously not anything wrong with it. Like it was obviously the correct decision. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I'm, I'm surprised that, that, that Ulster have been using it so often in the way they've been using it. Because they've been they're using it. They're looking to get people. Yeah. And we all know what, what the people of Ulster feel about touts. <laughs> Tarn feathered. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, but it's, uh, I'm not sure I like it. I'm not sure, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's, it's one of those things that there are elements of it I like because, you know, it gives the players some sense of control elements of it I don't like because sometimes there's an awful lot of you know like like the Luke McGrath thing which was a bit silly maybe though it was a tactical thing he was just trying to stop play for five minutes get the lads under the post and sort them out but I don't know yeah anyway uh, just the other game was Scarlet's against Osprey. I do like uh, the dropout can I say I like the dropout yeah yeah it's uh, rugby league isn't it that's what they do for rugby league when the ball is held above the line yeah, I mean, it's all about, like when you see, uh, you got, got to be sure where you're going to put your put your drop kick, you know, because if you see big lads, the wrong if it falls into the wrong set of hands and they, they can get a thirty meter run up to defend in line, like they can make inroads. Well, I wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to be trying to stop Abraham Papialihi. No, no, we're no, a good run definitely up. not, definitely not. I just but think anyway, the the the. That dropout thing, if you were a team that had a ferocious scrum, you'd hate it. Like getting held up, 
get straight back up, scrum them over the line. Like you would absolutely, Saracens or Exeter or somebody that would absolutely detest that ruling because they have somebody on toast and then all of a sudden they have to run it back from, you know. I, I think that rule is designed to stop that. Like to exactly as you're saying, and to stop the, you know, like all clubs are using now. Exeter probably were one of the first week kind of followed suit, taking those tap and go penalties, and you know, that's repetitive. I think I think World Rugby wants to make the game more free flowing rather than just to slow it down to mall after mall after mall. Yeah. Um, did they bring, did they bring in the fifty twenty kick in the end? No, not not in this no. competition. I would have liked to have seen that. I think that could have created more space and make the game more free flowing. No, uh, they, they, I think they're still trialing it in Australia, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, they're obviously their season now is going to go trans Tasman. So I, I think they're yeah. actually in that competition. I think they're getting rid of captain's challenge. The captain's challenge, yeah. It's yeah. a southern hemisphere thing. They almost hate it down there. Yeah. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. It, it, it does kind of slow up the game. Like, I mean, yeah, one of the matches I was watching and it was like, my God. Oh, yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking about that because I think that that captain's challenge, I was one of the Welsh games I was watching and like the it seemed to kind of take a little bit of the impetus away from the TMO getting involved because, you know, if it's really bad, the, the, that captain's challenge is going to come into place. So I don't need to adjudicate here. I, 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 there was I, I, one incident, I can't remember specifically what it was. I think it was in the Cardiff Dragons game. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why, like, if that was in certainly most of the, the and, and particularly this year, a lot there has been a lot of Irish derbies, therefore with Irish referees. And watching those games, the, the TMO seems to intervene far more than whoever was the TMO in that uh Part of Dragons game thing. I, I think part of the problem is I, I I don't know if you guys have been watching. Have you been watching the South African Rainbow Cup at all? Bits and pieces. There was a, one of the games at the weekend. There was each team had about four or five successful captains challenges. Oh, they have uh, indefinite they, ones there, do they? No, if you if you get it right, you keep it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't that. that. Oh yeah, yeah. If if, if you if you say if Luke McGrath made that captain's challenge, right? Yeah. And the ref had agreed with him, or the outcome had been that Luke was right and it wasn't a try, then Leinster still would have had their captain's challenge. Okay, I didn't realize that. You only lose it. You only lose it when you lose one. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, but in, 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 in the game in South Africa, both teams were getting them right all the time and the rest mm-hmm. were going with them. So, but um, I must say, uh, the, the, the South African teams look in fine fettle. They do. And they're playing yeah, some indeed. really nice rugby as well. Yeah. And it'd be great to see some of those stadiums full um, when mm. we play next season because they, it's the one in Cape Town. I'd, I'd love amazing. to see a, a full set, a full strength Leinster. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Go down and take on the Blues or or yeah. uh, the Sharks or whatever, and see those great grounds filled. Yeah. You know, like I think that um, pro rugby or whatever it's called, they they need to. If they want this to get off the ground and get off the ground with a real bang at the start, they need to work with all of the unions to say, we're going to schedule some big fixtures. Like, and it all this, like, all respect to the other clubs, but there's certain big clubs in this league and there's certain, and there's ones that aren't. And, but they need to say, 
we're going to send, let's say, four teams down to South Africa, like say, let's say Glasgow. I'm picking one of the Scottish, one of the Welsh teams, let's say. Uh, Scarlets. Leinster and Munster. And we're going to send them down together. And there's going to be a little tour that they're all going to play while they're there down in South Africa every week. But it's going to be at a particular time in the season when Leinster and those other three clubs will send down their strongest or, you know, like... You can uh, go full loaded. Their, their, their first, let's say, go down. And they can play three weeks or four weeks in a row on a mini tour down there. And they'll all be full strength teams. So that the South African paying public will all buy in. Hopefully they'll be back in the yeah. stadiums by then. And that they will say, well... We're watching Gary Ringwell and, you know, watching the fellas, you know, a lot of those clubs, Lions players play instead of sending them, you know, for like good players for all he is and everything. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't have a clue who he is. Yeah. And, and, and the same quid pro quo. Yeah, we, of course. Yeah. We'd see, we'd see the, 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 Khaleesi, the loaded, for example. Yeah. See Khaleesi and, yeah. and, 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 and Cree, like all the, all, like basically all the stars, Mornay Stain, all those guys. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 I think that's, I think that's very important for the promotion of the league. Yeah. I mean, like it was exciting when, when the Kings and, um, the Cheetahs in particular. The Cheetahs were, but, you know, I mean, there was a bit of a fiasco when we went down there, obviously with, I think it was Issa, wasn't it? They didn't have his yeah, passport. passports. Yeah, but like that's fine. Okay, that's the main thing that they weren't used to, and that probably won't never happen again. But it was kind of disappointing when you went in and you watched it on telly, and there was quite disappointing crowds. You know, it kind of looked, God, it's like watching. You know, it's like another Pro Fourteen game when you see the half-empty stadiums in Wales or in Italy. Yeah, as opposed to being ultimately hyped with all of our stars going down there and taking them on and making it a real you know international fixture between two the, big clubs the, the skills are there in, in in european rugby in terms of promotion i mean they turned you know in in, in 25 years they turned the european cup into the biggest competition in northern hemisphere rugby right um you only have to look at, at the at the column inches that a minority sport like Ireland, like, like rugby gets in Ireland during the Six Nations. The, the marketing and promotion skills are there in European rugby. Um, but they, they have to be backed up with full strength teams to go down, to go down to South Africa and cause a buzz and bring the South African teams up here and cause a buzz. Yeah, definitely. But like, I mean, we've been saying for years that if let's say Edinburgh are playing Leinster, or Ed- why don't they schedule those matches? Let's say Edinburgh against Ulster, or Edinburgh against Connacht, or Edinburgh against Munster or Leinster, on the same weekend. If they're going to play a match over the the Ireland Scotland during the tournament, pair them, pair them. Like we've been saying this for years, and yet there could be, you know, Leinster could be playing at home again. And I, like obviously, there's four teams from Ireland, so but it just takes one to go over to, or, and even have, like. Just say Leinster played against Glasgow on a Friday night. And if you were saying, we go, well, you know what? I might go, to, it's only an hour on the drain away. Even if I'm staying in Edinburgh, I might go out in Glasgow, go to on a Friday night and get on the train and go back to Edinburgh and go to the Ireland game on this on a Saturday. Like it just doesn't seem to, but the, instead they'll have both of those clubs could be playing away from home 
or you can't go to either because you might have gone over to the international. Like it just doesn't seem to yeah. doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking when the fixture lists are done. Um, that it accommodates all these local derbies with matches that are, you know, of. See, you, you you could turn every weekend into a massive festival of rugby in terms of you'd have the national team, the under twenties, the women's, and and some of the provinces involved. Yeah. You have a huge festival of rugby. Agreed, agreed. There should be more of it. Anyway, look, uh, we play Ulster. We kind of spoke briefly again about Ulster just when their their defeat to, um, but like they put out a pretty strong team. I just went through it. They had Henderson, Murphy, Tom O'Toole, Matheson, Larry at out half, McCluskey, Addison and Stockdale. Like, that's a pretty good side. And, like, they've now lost three on the bounce. They were beaten by um, Leicester, Munster and Leinster. By Leinster in the, the, was it Leinster? Yeah, they've lost their last three games, I think. Yeah, Ulster did, yeah. I was... They lost to Connacht. They lost to Connacht, then they lost to Leicester, and then they lost to Munster. Um, yeah, that's it. So, yeah. It, it was, I was kind of fearing that would happen to us, losing three in a row, and I would have had to turn to Dave and say, when was the last time Leicester lost three in a row? God, it must be a while ago. Matt O'Connor days, perhaps? 2003. Is it that long? Oh, shit. Okay. No, 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 it's not. No, I lied. It's, it was 2010, 2011. Name that coach. Joe Schmidt. He lost to dressing him, though, at that stage, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, his first, he lost his first three or four games, in fact. Was he that the last time he lost? Yeah. Wow. But look, the thing is, I, I, Ulster, I think, have the playing talent. Uh, I think that, that they actually, I mean, okay, I'm not saying that they're Leinster. I'm not even saying that they're, you know, Munster in terms of attitude. They, I think they have better players slightly than Munster. Um, but there's something wrong there. There's just something that's not right. Um, we saw it against Leicester. We saw it against Munster. There's a huge amount of stupid in that team. Mm. I heard Ferris giving out yards about them. And I, again, <laughs> he's he's going back to that chestnut of, you know, they're not from Ulster. Like, I'm not sure if I really agree with that because, there's, you know, like you've got Leinster who adhere to that model. Munster tried to. They've obviously bought imports in, but very few other teams in world rugby have an all local boys club. Do you know what I mean? It's not the Lisbon Lions anymore. It's the teams are made up from lots of different places and lots of imports and from different nationalities. I think that I think that he's looking he's looking for an answer, and I think he's he's he's, he's found something that is an answer, but it's not necessarily the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a problem with, in, 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 in that Ulster team I'm not saying it's a problem in the dressing room or a, player with the, a problem with the players' attitudes or anything like that I'm not saying that at all but there is a problem in that team somewhere in terms of the the, the team's attitude on the pitch attitude is the wrong word because you know they're, they're just really stupid um, and I think, I think the part of the problem come, I think it comes from the top which top though? Like they got rid of Lowry or what's what was his name? Stephen, the guy who was running the who wasn't really a rugby man who was running the province finance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they got rid of him. That's... They got rid of Les Kiss. They got rid like all the people you would say at the top are uh, have been got rid of. So what top is it that's? Well, that the... well, there's the thing. You got two choices. 
if you keep changing the coaches and you keep changing the management and the results don't improve, which they haven't, then what are you going to do? You're going to have to sack all the players. That's that's not going to happen. Point. Well, that, that pretty much happens anyway on a, on a regular basis, and especially with well, the players. They do, they do roll them over, but the same things keep happening again. So but, something has to but, change somewhere. But, Dave, like, in fairness, they only lost two matches in the regular season of the Pro 14. Or Pro oh, I know, I know. Yeah. As it was last season. Right? They're both against Leinster. They, um, they were beaten at home by Toulouse. No, sorry, they were beaten away. No, yeah, they were beaten away. They were beaten at home by Toulouse, and they were beaten away which a game they definitely should have won against Gloucester. But they they seem to have a problem of winning the harder matches. Like they can go out and beat yeah. Glasgow and Edinburgh and Dragons, etc. But when it comes down to it, and like, you know, this isn't a new thing. Like this has been going on for practically the entirety of, of the last decade or probably 15 years. 15 years since they won a trophy and that was... 15 a, years since they won a trophy, yeah. But like in the big games, you know, like there were, we mentioned it briefly in that match that um, uh, Jared Payne got sent got sent off against Saracens. They had a home quarter final. Admittedly, Saracens were a very good side, but they had a home quarter final and they blew it. They got a guy sent off in the first four minutes, and they were, you know, running uphill from for the entirety of that match. They, I think, the following season they had another quarter final against Saracens and they blew that as well. Um, they got to the final in in, in uh, twelve. We know we took them that that year. We beat them in pro four in pro twelve or whatever it was final in the RDS. Um, you know, I think didn't uh, was it Glasgow beat them in a final as well? Yeah. Not, no, maybe not. I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure if that happened. Um, but like they've lost and they've lost. Did Glasgow team. not beat them. Glasgow beat them. Uh... In the year that we, uh, the last year, Matt O'Connor was that not Glasgow who beat them? I think Glasgow beat Munster in Munster. in uh, in Ulster's ground. Right. Yeah. Okay. But um, was fifteen. Was the one we blew? Yeah. Our Matt O'Connor bad year where we came sixth. Yeah. Mm. But we we've, we've beaten them in in umpteen you know big games whether it's semi-finals or or. Um, Finals in the last last seasons, uh, Pro fourteen. So like that's another they, one. They, did, they never they fired one shot. Yeah, and that was it. Like they are they they just seem to be unable to get the job done. And I don't know like how you fix that. I mean, but that needs to be seriously addressed. But they've like you know they've gone in and they've got a coach like say Dwayne Peel as an assistant coach, but they can't manage to hold on to him. He's gone. I mean, they, they get somebody. We we've, we've gone through. They had Les Kiss there for a while. They had Jano Gibbs there for a season. Um, you know, like they they we used to think that we had a high turn turnover of coaches in the Norton's. Like they've had a pretty similar amount. You know, like it was interesting to see that say when Jano Gibbs was was coaching at Leinster, he coached under three different coaches, and um. You know that he was he was here for six years, so you know like there was a a longevity of a career that somebody obviously came in quite raw and he managed to grow through it, but he just he wasn't like here for a couple of seasons like Dwayne Peel and okay he's gone but he's gone to a bigger better role in in Scot in in Wales, 
but like all of that in that knowledge that he's built up is gone now for Munster, and they have to start with somebody else. And you know, instead of getting grabbing and, and getting six years of his of his knowledge out of him, they've got to start with somebody else now. I think they've. I think. I don't probably beat us this weekend after all that. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Like no. you know what? Like they, I think they may well. League, it won't change anything. Well, you know, I think for the good of the league, it does need other clubs to be competitive in it, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, look for the good of Irish rugby, we need them to be competitive uh, because, as as you say, Jason, we're like we we get absolutely hammered because of the amount of players we lose. Um, but look. You, you, you look at that Ulster team and, and, and uh, there's good players in it everywhere. I mean, they have, they, they, they develop pretty decent players. Not as good as they think. They're not all as good as they think they are, but you know, they develop some pretty good players. Um, they brought in some very good players, brought in some very good players from around Ireland. I mean, guys like Jordy Murphy, who was a, like, a, was it was a European cup winner. Jack McGraw. Okay. He's injured. That's fair enough. Marty Moore is a really good, really good prop. They have Alan O'Connor there. Who, um, funny enough, we I was talking today earlier about um, uh, the Under Twenty uh, World Cup back, you know, ten years ago, when Stephen Kitsoff was playing against uh, Ty Furlong, and Kitsoff had already played a bunch of Super Rugby, and Ty Furlong was relatively unknown, and Furlong completely dominated him. But you know, in that in that team, in the in, in four, five, and six, were Alan O'Connor. Ty Byrne and uh, Ian Henderson. So that kind of shows the, the quality of those guys who've been around for a while and do have that quality. Um, you know, there's, there's guys like, for me, they think Stuart McCloskey's an awful lot better than he is. Yeah, well, that's that's a minor detail in the... That's that's one thing. But, I mean, and they produce good players. I mean, you look at the guys who, who, who've come out of the Ulster system in the last 10 years, Right. Now, admittedly, most of them have high numbers, but you've had uh, oh, Stockdale, Balakoon, uh, Nevin Spence, he who shall not be named, the other one who shall not be named, um, McCloskey, Farrell, a um, lot of good players in, in, in the backs alone. And then, you know, they've had Henderson and a couple uh, of others in the forward. They lost they lost a couple of tr- tr- through injury early on. But, you know... They produce enough players. I mean, it's not like they, 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 their academy is a complete failure. But whatever happens to them between coming out of their academy and coming out of the Irish under twenties and going into full time professional rugby, something's happening to them because they never. They, the, the, like Luke Marshall, we saw Luke. Remember, we saw Luke Marshall in, his first, in that game in the Aviva. I thought he was going and, to be near Driscoll. Yeah, never saw a player like an unbelievable performance. Best player on the pitch by quite some considerable distance. Yeah. Now, okay, very unfortunate with injuries, but at the same time. Um, they never, they never extracted value from him at all. You could never say that he exactly, hundred percent, and he never seemed to fulfil his true potential. You know, he's probably got, at the top of my head, fifteen Irish caps. The guy should yeah. have fifty Irish caps. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's a tough one for them. I mean, like hey, Gilroy, there's another one. one, yeah. But like they had four guys that came to that. Jackson, you mentioned uh, Henderson. Gilroy and uh, what was the other guy? Nevin Spence? No, no, the fellow we were just talking about there. Um, oh, Luke Marshall. Luke Marshall. Like those four lads were outstanding in that under 20s match with the, on the opening day of the Aviva. The four best players on the pitch. Yeah. And they were paired with Leinster. <laughs> like, 
Uh, and there were some good good players from Leinster as well on that day, but not the same Leinster standard as well. Conster match. <laughs> yes, that one. That's but I mean, one. like like those those guys, I mean the Ulster players and, and everybody thought that they'd push on. Even 2012 when it happened and they got absolutely munched in the final, people thought, well, there's there's a good core of young players there, they'd push on. But then of course the whole thing with Brian McLaughlin happened. Um nobody's really sure why that happened. They'd already got rid of, you know, the most successful club coach in world rugby. Um in in, in Mark McCall, or one of the most successful coaches in world rugby. I mean, he didn't last all that long there. Um, you know, there's something there's something something is rotten in the state. In the, something is rotten in the stateless. Yeah, well, see, I wonder though, like, are we just judging it from Lent's standards? And we have been just so uber successful over the last 12 or so seasons. I was going to put in here, I'm putting in here now, so, uh, and say that, you know, there are 14 clubs in the league, and every year for the last four years, 13 of them have been disappointed, and Leinster have won the fucking thing. So, well, the thing, yes. the thing is, the thing is, John, 14, there's 14 clubs in the league, 13 of them disappointed. Now, 13 of them have been disappointed. Only one or two of them have been disappointing. Hmm. That's that's well, what I, I, I would I, look. I, look, I, my family are all from Ulster. I have, a, I have a certain, you know, emotional tie to the to the province. Um, and I just don't think that they're, they're, that there's something wrong there. That's I, I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm not saying all oh, the coaches wrong, or I'm not saying all oh, the players are wrong. There's just something there that you know. I wouldn't trust an Ulster team when the chips are down. Well, I, they definitely have an inferiority complex playing us. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, I mean, a couple of seasons ago we played Wasps in Coventry, and the night before we actually went to watch Leicester against Ulster um, in Welford Road. So anyway, after the match, we were standing around, dressed in our Leinster gear, having a drink, and like the last thing that the Ulster fans wanted to do was play Leinster. Like they were terrified, you know. Of get, and I think we ended up playing them in the quarterfinal that year. That's when Stockdale dropped the ball over the line, but they were absolutely <laughs> terrified. Got injured. Yes, that's that same game. Yeah, but like the, the Ulster fans are not the players, but the Ulster fans. We're going, oh, lads, go easy on us. And all this kind of crack can work on, you know, like, be more concerned of of a of playing an Irish provincial side as what, as what happened on the day because you would just think that every Irish side's going to up the ante playing against, against each other. Uh, playing against each other. We were lucky to win on that day. We I mean, absolutely yeah. were. Yeah. Absolutely. Dropping the ball was the reason we won pretty much. Yeah, yeah. we were. Agreed, yeah. But I'm just saying that the Ulster fans were had no self confidence that their team would. Whereas you know what I mean? If we go away and we, even if we go and we're playing La Rochelle, like there was, was an air of confidence about us two or three weeks ago. There was, yeah, and and we were kind of saying, well, we should win by five points, seven points, whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? We were confident that we were going to win. Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. But but like. Um, you know, I don't. I think if there was an Ulster version of this and they were playing in the Lavishell or Leinster next week, I I just don't see that they would have that same level of optimism. But, yeah, know. no, I mean the, the 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 problem for them is when they play well they lose, and when they play badly they lose. Because they played well, they should have won that, as you say, that quarter final, and they played yeah. really really well. They were the better team on the day, and they lost, and yeah. that kind of feeds into it, that whole cyclical thing. But yeah. I think I, 
I, I just think that there's something this if I were a sports psychologist, I would be setting up a practice in, in Belfast because mm-hmm. I reckon there's money to be made there. Yeah. But like I, I remember his man's name and he's an Ulster man as well. He's from Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the McNulty. Yeah, but he might be a fear gal, John. <laughs> he might be the wrong kind of Ulster man to get the Ulster <laughs> team ticket. You reckon? Mm. Well, I mm. wouldn't suggest that now. That's sectarian, Dave. You can't be saying that. <laughs> anyway. But like I, I remember, I don't know, maybe nearly 30 years ago, Jim Staples, the Irish fullback at the time playing was playing for Harlequin or London Irish or Harlequin, just before one of the yeah, Irish one of the Irish internationals. He said, but Ireland are beaten before they go on the pitch. And this is in the early 90s. So psychologically, like, I mean, if that's your, one of your better players is turning around and saying, well, you know, that was the feeling within the dressing room that before we run out onto the pitch, for whatever reason, we feel we're beaten. So, you know, maybe maybe there's some sort of psychological damage that the, uh, the old lads have. But anyway. Who knows? Let's hope um, it gets slightly worse over this weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that led end of an anecdote will be earning his corn then, Dave, is what you're saying. Oh, he would. My yeah. practice would be rushed. I'd have to open new offices. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just a bit concerned about our, our selection at out half because if we only have one, there's no choice. Well, <laughs> if Ross, well, yeah, but if Ross, if Ross Byrne was injured, if if he wasn't taken off for as a precaution. Like we're down to fifth choice now. Yeah, we're we're in the Hawkshaw Corkery uh, pool of, yeah. of players. I, I think Russell's okay. At least I hope he is. Um, otherwise, we are in trouble. Mm. I wonder as well is Sexton. Like I know he's still out with concussion, and you know that's awful. And the guy has to think about his health before anything else. Uh, and I know the province do, and the, and Ireland does, um, but. You have to think there was a part of him hanging in for a Lions call, and what will will, will that change? Is will he? Will, it'll either go two ways. He he'll either want to get playing, so as if anybody slips in the shower on a Lions tour, he's he's going to get on the plane. Uh, he can demonstrate his fitness, or else you know if that doesn't happen, will it, will he will he have second thoughts about playing on next year? Who knows. There's lots of, uh, I mean, well, the thing is, I mean, the team that, the, the, the squad that starts the Lions tour, it very rarely bears a huge resemblance to the team that finishes one. Um, since the game, since the game's gone professional, uh, I think it averages out at six and a half players are called up per tour. And that doesn't include the proximity six or geography six, whatever you want to call them. Um, so there's a lot, there, there's a lot of guys who I'd say are not exactly, you know, throwing away the address of the Tropical Medical Bureau. For sure, you know, not just not just in Ireland, but a, 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 across Ireland and the UK. So anyway, uh, we do have Caelan Doris back for sure. They say, although he did pull out in a warm up the last time, didn't he? Um, and who else? Tommy O'Brien is it? Is back? Tommy O'Brien? Jimmy no, they're O'Brien. returning to training. They will be assessed for later this week. I thought they were they were good to go, and it was. I'll, I'll tell you what the hard. exact wording is because I have the page open from the. From the, the fixtures, uh, one second. O'Brien and Doris back training ahead of Ulster test. 
hope to resume full training this week after recovering from their respective injuries. And, and provided all goes well, both hope to be available for selection for Friday's game. So, yeah, Jimmy O'Brien's a player I like a lot. Yeah, I like Tommy and Jimmy. Mm. Uh, both good players. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Quaylen Doris is. I mean, if he'd managed to stay fit, he would. He'd have been going on the line store. I don't think there's any question of it. Yeah, yeah. At whose expense? Well, he was ahead of going for Ireland. At another That's player's really expense. Nice. That's what I was going to say. Possibly at Conan's expense because Conan wouldn't have had the game time if Doris had stayed fit. Maybe I don't mm. know. But um, I mean, Conan but deserves like, a slot on the lines. He's been excellent. He really has, and he was excellent. Uh, he was one of the few. How, how are Leinster going to accommodate those two players? Like, um, are they going to move one of them? They're going to ensure one of them's always injured. <laughs> But like, would they, well, could they move uh, one? Lads, some other you're forgetting something. You're forgetting something. It's not two what? players. It's three players. At Max least Deegan. three players. Yeah. Max Deegan as well. I mean, it, I, 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 I think much as I'd hate to see them leave, I think we have to lose one, one of them. Will have to at least one of them will have to go, because it's not doing the Irish team any good to having having one of them not playing at all. One of them playing limited. And the other, you know, been away with the yeah. Irish squad. So, but can they can they move one of the one of like Darius to six? Well, Jack Holland has played six. Max Deegan has played six. So maybe that might be an option. Oh. Um, the only thing is, there's a there's a, a Mr. Ruddock and a Mr. Murphy yeah. who are both quite proficient uh, at six. I think Josh Murphy's a really good number six. I think he's a real, real player for the future. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's hard to know anyway. But it's good to have those problems but I, as you're right I think they will need to do something or they will be yeah. told to do something yeah well that's uh, it I, I think whether what, what Lancer want to do and what what's best for Irish rugby might uh, might might be at odds but what's best yeah. for Irish rugby but will and the, probably should win out but even the players themselves might say well do you know I want to play more frequently like you say Max Deegan might say well Jesus Christ the, the two Irish number eights are in front of me and one of them is now a line yeah you know, like that's well, tough, that's, I mean, that's uh, tough as I, coming back from injury, like thinking, Jesus, yeah. I, I went off and I got badly injured and I came back and this has happened. Uh, as I often say, one of the elements of being a professional player is playing professionally. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, so like it should be a good game, but I suppose it's the ball is in kind of Ulster's court, isn't it? Like, I mean, they've got to, uh, if they, if they, if they suffer another defeat, my God, like there could be, could be. As you mentioned, there could be coaches. Or on the bench. Yeah. The, the thing about it is, if also get a good team on the pitch, you know, they're, they're good enough to win. You know, yeah. we'd have, we'll have to, I mean, if we're at our best, we, we will win, but they're good enough to win. So, you know, the thing is that that's the, it's, 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 it's all below the neck. Mm. They, they haven't won in Dublin, or they rarely win in Dublin. They might have won. Once this millennium. Yeah. Yeah, 20, 20, 2013 or something over yeah. Christmas or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. that's the, they, they don't win in Dublin. Even when Dublin is Ravenhill, they don't win in Dublin. <laughs> well, they haven't won outside Ravenhill, in fact, because uh, you, you have to count Twickenham as well. Uh, so <laughs> true. They, they haven't won outside the province. And the Aviva. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which is Dublin. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, Rules are, are records are made to be broken, and yeah. Connacht I mean, had, hadn't won since 2003, and then they won. You know, 
they, they are good enough, but I think I, I mean, if I were picking an Ulster team, um, there'd be changes I'd make to the back line. Yeah, but would you would you would you try and shoehorn Ian Madigan in there somewhere? Well, the first thing I do is I try and shoehorn Stuart McCloskey out. Um, you could so shoot, shoot in there. I, I, I'd also say to, to Stockdale, loved your work at number 15. Hope you enjoyed it. It's never going to happen again. Get back on the wing where you're a world class player. And put Will um, or, or, um, uh, Lowry. He's going to be out, isn't he? He's going to be out, but I, I, I'd, I'd have um, Lowry. Oh, I'd have Lowry, or I'd have Madigan, or I'd have, you know, anyone Stockdale so I, I think they lose a lot by having Stockdale at fullback this whole yeah. idea that he get involved more it, it hasn't happened what he's done is he's run he's run into into his nearest pod more that's all no that's okay he's, he's retained possession of the ball <clears throat> but he's not that's not why they're playing him at fullback they're playing him at fullback because they think he'd be like like a bigger taller stronger Christian Cullen and he's not he's like a bigger taller stronger Rob Kearney um, which you know is, is, is a good thing in terms of what a fullback should be doing, but in terms of what they expect him to do, very different thing in doing. So stick him back on the wing. Put put Michael Lowry there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, well see I anyway. Last time since uh, Ian Madigan played fifteen, I knew yeah, he was yeah. at twelve. Soon as yeah. fifteen. Seems a long time since he's played full stop. Yeah. It is a long time since he's played full stop. He's I, I just a don't. Teenager I, in Bristol, and now he's behind uh, uh, another almost teenager in Michael Lowry uh, and Billy Burns as well. So mm. that's not a ringing endorsement. That's two different coaches and two different clubs. Uh, and is the guy's such a pro. He's such a great kicker. It's you know it's hard to see. It's hard to put all this together. And and you know why is the guy not? Why has the guy not developed? Uh, not developed is the wrong word. But why has he not got more game time at the clubs he's been yeah. in? Yeah, it's it, it, it's hard to know because I like he's a good player. He's a good pro and he's a good guy. So it's it, it's hard to know. Another young player also brought through this year is Blaine McElroy. He's a very talented player. Yeah. In the, the production line of Ulster backs. Yeah. Mm. They just Something. need a few brutes in the in the pack, though. Like look yeah. at the look at the latest crop. You mentioned Larry, you've got James Hume, you've got Balakoon, you've got the other lad on the wing. What's his name? Um McElroy Little. There's two more I wasn't even thinking of, but there's a, there's another guy as well. Uh there's a shitload of them anyway. That are <laughs> and there's, an, there's another guy who's the, I'm not sure if he's the Irish record holder or the Irish schools record holder. The hundred. Yes, 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 yes. I yes. can't remember Aaron his name. Sexton. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he chose rugby over athletics. Now maybe he kind of. I think he might enough. be. I think he might have got injured in an A match for the Ravens. I think he did. Ah, okay. Um, anyway, look, we'll see what happens on Friday night. Uh, also on Friday night's Monster Comics. So I'm looking forward to those two games. But before we've kind of run over a bit here. But if, before... if, if, if we're lucky, Bundy actually be playing because I love Bundy. Yeah, well, hopefully he stays injury free. You uh... love Abundy, Dave. Huh? <laughs> you love Abundy. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I, I, I just, I mean, anytime anyone talks about guys coming over and project players and they're only in it for the cap and they're only in it for the money, Bundyaki is the perfect two-word answer. Yeah, he, he loves it in Connacht, doesn't he? And I'm sure yeah. he got bigger offers to go either to different uh, clubs in France or even 
you know, I'm sure his, I'm sure there was. Well, he did have a, this tinge of regret when Pat Lamb pulled out when he just signed. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, but maybe yeah, but he, he, just, he stayed. He stayed. He That's so, the thing. He kind of was sold a bit of it. And like, there's plenty of players that have managed to extract themselves from contracts and move elsewhere. Like, you know what I mean? He was it's, sold a bit of a pup by Pat Lamb. Yeah, yeah well. Um, but like, like, you know, you kind of, you could say people might have a criticism of Quinn Roo. But the fact is, like, I obviously. Don't. No, no, I, I know, but some people might have, you know, grabbing the caps and going, but he has said he wants to come back and, you know, when when his time, wherever he moves to, is over, he wants to come back and raise his family in, in, in Galway. So that's, you know, ringing endorsement of someone that's settled into the community. Yeah. And, and on, the, on the podcast that I heard him say, he said, like, he kind of said, look, I've lived in Ireland for a third of my life. You know, like, that's yes. a big chunk of someone's you know, nine years. Nine years is not fly by night. Hmm. It's not even very slow walk by night. And, and you and you think like you you leave when you're twenty, and your parents and your grandparents are all, especially when it's like so far away. It's not like I can just jump on a Ryan airplane and go back to see my grandparents in England or whatever. Especially not now. Especially not now. But like he's come a long way from from South Africa. That your grandparents and your uncles and all that kind of thing are all getting older. Your parents getting older, and he's decided to move here for the last ten years and wants to come back and and settle in Galway when he's done. So it's like I think you know you have to sort of you know duff your hat to a bit for that. Um, Dave, you will love this. RT and Virgin to share the Six Nations. Saw that. Saw that. Um, whatever about Orti. I like for I think Virgin coverage of the Six Nations has been excellent. Yeah. Um, RTE's coverage of rugby is trite and cliche ridden, and they never met a stereotype they didn't like and didn't like to trot out on a regular basis. Um, so I'm sure hopefully they get all the away games that we can watch on BBC <laughs> or UTV or ITV, whichever. Yeah. Um. But, you know, all those guys that kind of bedeviled RT rugby coverage and damaged the game for so long, you know, they're all gone. They're all retired. Um, you know, the only one that's there is Daryl Breen, who I actually quite like. I've met him a couple of times. He's a nice guy. Um, I don't like, sometimes he can be a bit snide, but but on, on, on screen, but off screen, he's a nice guy. Um, I, I, I don't know. A lot of those guys who work in punditry now are all freelancers anyway. So you could find yeah. out you have the same oh, punditry team on every, on every channel, you know. Yeah, you have Raj and Shaggy and and, and, and Maddie uh, Williams and Ferris mm. every week, whether it's RTE or thing. So, I mean, in fairness to, to Virgin Media, um, I, I was not over enthralled when they got the gig, but they did a really good job with it, it has to be said. And they got absolutely ginormous viewing figures as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's amazing when you do see the yearly viewing figures of rugby, how far, how many matches are up in the top, say, 20 of... of top Top five. Yeah, top five even, yeah. There's yeah. quite a few, and it's I mean, great to see. But, you yeah. know... But that goes back to what I was saying about the ability of, of, of Irish rugby to promote itself, because it is a minority yeah. sport. But for that month, it's all about rugby in Ireland. Yeah. And if we could yeah. utilise some of that expertise in promoting the Pro 14, it would be nice. It would be nice. And, you know, I wonder what they're going to do when the when the Pro 14 contract comes up. I mean, like, I, I, don't, have, but, I haven't heard anything of whether it's going to be... The word is Sky... sky. Is it? Oh, yeah. That's the word. Um, but 
I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot of players unless somebody comes out of the blue. I mean, Air Sport are going are, are going bye bye. BT are looking to shift on their uh, sports channels, get them off the books. Um, so whether it goes Sky or a, something like DAZ, DAZN who are trying to get into the European market or Amazon who are trying mm-hmm. to expand their sports portfolio, it's it, it, it's hard to know. Premier Sports, but Premier Sports don't are, are geo locked in Ireland because Air had the rights. Whether that will change, whether they'll keep them. I mean, there are options out there. I mean, RTE could come in with a bid, God forbid. Um, TG Car do a pretty good job. Um, you know, they do do they, they do commit to the games. People complain about, oh, it's in Irish. But I mean, they commit to the games. They do a good half hour, 45 minutes beforehand, good half hour, 45 minutes afterwards. You know, they don't skimp on the, on the production value. So, you know, there are options out there. Everybody wants Sky because Sky are perceived to be kind of the home of rugby since their time with Super Rugby and stuff like that. And they don't actually have any rugby at the moment except for summer stuff. So they want a winter program. Yeah, they want a winter. They, that's all they have. They only have summer rugby. No, what I mean is, though, if they do have the lines, it might push them, you know, sort of where you might take up a, a subscription. If you're a rugby fan, you might take up yeah, a, a yeah. subscription uh, to yeah. watch the lines. And then you go, oh, well, look, the Pro 14's on for whenever it comes with, back in September. With three quarters of the line squad in it. Yeah. Um, or two thirds or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 people people like Sky for, I mean, it could be anyone. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd say they'll find a broadcaster. Um the question is whether it would be a broadcast that will pay because CVC want their money. Mm, I, I wonder if um, I wonder if they're like a few years ago they seemed to do it on terrestrial. Remember they had like the sort of the regional BBC channels um, that Alba, BBC Northern Ireland, and um, BBC Wales, and um, what's your, what's the, the S4C? BBC S4C, yeah, they had that. That was the 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 TV rights were owned by regional channels in entirety yeah. you had all those regional channels yeah. then you had rt and, and you had tg car exactly yeah yeah i wonder if they'll do that again i don't know uh, it seemed to work the last time i mean i was a bit questioning whether or not we'd get to actually see some of the games but in fairness i can't remember ever not seeing a leinster game yeah well the advantage was because for the for home games there was, you were at them. Yeah, you, you, you were at them, but there was also two channels here in, in, in Ireland, Republic mm-hmm. of, uh, to watch them. And then for the away games, they were playing the teams that were being co- covered abroad anyway. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, just one of the bit. Ireland have announced that they're going to play Japan and USA in 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 lieu of the to, to Fiji. Yes. Well, it just I mean that could be that could be a very um, tricky fixture for Ireland. Obviously, Japan will have played. The Lions and their warm-up match, but Ireland are going to be shorn eight of their of their lines. Yeah. So we saw how we got on when we didn't uh, have too many people missing. Be interesting to see. Yeah, and just finally before we go, uh, they have announced the f- further fixtures of the the Pro Fourteen or the Pro Twelve Rainbow Cup. So we've got. After the Ulster match with bye week, then we have Glasgow away, is it? No, yes, uh, away, and then we have Dragons at home. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just seems strange that they put a bye, like had a bye week in there and didn't didn't have another fixture. Just yeah, there's a reason for it. Mm. I don't see what the problem is scheduling. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> 
No, but the, but like we, I mentioned it earlier, the club seem to care because they're actually playing their full strength. Or, oh, you know, no, no, what I'm just thinking is the idea that that the the Pro 14 sent out the the you know the fixture list, and then just as they were reading it, they went, "Oh shit, there's a hole in this somewhere," <laughs> and they hadn't even noticed. I know, I know, it does seem, but like I mean, I'm sure it must be. They probably did ex, uh, exhaust all possibilities of trying to get um, fixtures. With the set oh, that I, I was I don't out of their hands. Yeah. I mean, and that just yeah. put the kibosh on their whole plans. Yeah. And then what was left was a bit of a, a, a disaster, a PR disaster, because they obviously cut short the regular season of the Pro 14 early, got rid of playoffs and all that kind of stuff yeah. to bring. Yeah. So like they're yeah. between a rock and a hard place. And it, know, look, it was a, what, it was a sticking plaster trying to fix a massive gash. Yeah, but the thing is. I'd rather have it this as we're having now. We have some games to watch. I'd rather have the rugby, yeah, absolutely. This, this this time last year, we had nothing to watch. We were watching reruns of Tiger King, you know, of <laughs> Tiger King. There you go. That's exactly what we were doing. So um, look, it's better than nothing. It certainly is. Absolutely agree. It 100%. is. Yeah. And on that note, gentlemen, um, I just want to thank everyone for watching. Thanks very much, Dave and John, for your contributions. And if you follow us, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, please give us a like, subscription, and thumbs up. Thank you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 